is this M48? Yes, it is. Well, welcome to another episode of Music Speaks, sometimes very loud, with your host, Gonzo Rocket, and as always, on the panel... M... 48. El 8? The ESPN Ocho. Oh, wow. Well, today we pay homage to the late, great Paul Mooney, um, originally born Paul Gladly, and picked up his name Mooney from the Scar the Scarface character, Paul Mooney. Passed away on May 19, 2021. Uh, American act, comedian, uh, known for his work with Richard Pryor and collaborations with Red Fox, Eddie Murphy, and Dave Chappelle. R.I.P. Mr. Mooney. He made many people laugh. And um, I enjoyed your work. You were one of the funniest people alive. Definitely. Yeah, that was a that was kind of a, a downer to start the week last week, huh? Yeah, because we were talking about him. I was like, oh, yeah, Paul Mooney's so funny. Like, I, I really was so excited to see something else. Because, you know, he's always going to have something up his sleeve. And, I mean, but he... Was he... He wasn't retired, was he? Or he was still doing comedy, right? Yeah, he's still doing comedy. I mean, he was 79 years old. That's that's still pretty young, pretty young yeah, man. Pretty young. He was still he was getting into his later elderly years. Um, yeah, he he was really 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 funny. He was in a lot of things. I mean, he he didn't his last known thing was in 2016, but I mean, he still he still kept it going. Yeah, he was like I think we were talking about this earlier. Like he was like your he's like your favorite comedian's comedian. Like you probably like the the common person probably wouldn't really know who he was, but I think the it, his his work was kind of more like the underground slash behind the scenes kind of comedy, you know. The Guthrie Govin of comedy. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could say he was like the Guthrie Govin of of comedy. If yeah. we were to make an a, a comparison or an an analogy. Yeah, because Guthrie Govan's only like he's a um, he's a guitar player for guitars. He's not really like Pat Metheny. He's the jazz guitar player for guitar players, but he, the masses are so so about him. Mm-hmm. Did you ever yeah, get into Pat my... Metheny? No, I actually don't know who that is. Oh, okay. So Pat Metheny was known as the original prodigy on guitar. He was an MIT graduate, and they call him like the wizard. Like he was the man. Like there was nothing, there was nothing, no, he was considered like the best guitar player of all time. Like American jazz composer. He was just considered the bee's knees, the best of the best, you know? What time, what timeline was this? Like what decade? Um, nineties through 2010s. He's still an active performer. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's 66 years of age and he's still kind of tearing it up. He's jazz fusion player. He's still playing. I mean, his work, if you see it, it's like he he sings with the guitar, like he sings through it. Like he's what he's thinking he can play, hmm. but to like to the T. He's he's considered one of the more accomplished. I mean, he was a Berkeley College of Music conservatory guitar teacher. I mean, he's the bee's knees. Um, Mr. Winton was the one that actually got me into him, and I was like, whoa. He's pretty much like the. He's your. How CB Ray Vaughn, he did the work for Hendrix and he just did that for him. This guy did it for all the jazz guitar players before him. He is the, wow, like the Steve Ray Vaughn of jazz guitar. He's that good. Huh. So he was like yeah, like the Stevie Ray Vaughn of uh, jazz guitar. Yep. Like the way – because Stevie, he kind of made like the blues music – 
more popular like it's he kind of um him and probably like eddie van halen were probably the guitar players of the 80s if you think about it except the only thing was eddie van halen was doing things with the guitar in a more like rock genre and stevie was kind of bringing the blues forward he was bringing it back yeah now it's status i mean it's here to stay now people don't even it's not even a snoot thing like the blues are so embedded in everything there's no comparison it's just there so if you ever want to get into like an entry into jazz guitar i would i would start with pat metheny Hmm. So he's a jazz guitarist that plays the right notes, not the wrong ones. He plays anything, and it all sounds musical. I mean, he is a fan of music in general. Yeah, he was considered like the prodigy, like the the mecca of guitar at that time. I mean, he's collaborated with everyone. I mean, Chick Corea, Dave Holland, Herbie Hancock, Jaco Pastores, Jim Hall, John Schofield. I mean, he's he's played with everybody. But I'm well, surprised the, he's not popular amongst the masses. He's more like the hidden gem, like the musician's reference. You know what I mean? Well, the bad thing is now that we talked about him on the show. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, might... even, don't even say that. <laughs> you, I mean, it, it, it's all, it's almost becoming like a, a curse. Like if you get talked to about on the show, may, then chances are you'll pass away soon. We hope that's not the case, you know, but lately it's just So been, far, we've been running a kind of a record on that. We're at two for two right now. Yeah. So it's like at the point where we don't even want to talk about anybody on the show. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. We're like, hey, let's not talk about anybody or anything. Let's just, just say hello on the show. Make fun of Pooner. Some Pooner jokes. Even though there's not really many Pooner reference jokes anymore. There's then, not. He's like, he's like becoming like, uh, I don't want to mention this person's name, but he's being like... Uh, uh, this person's name starts with D and ends with E. He's kind of being like that guy who's like behind the scenes. Like you don't even uh, know if he even exists anymore. Yeah, I, I'm man. It's so interesting how time just woo it, it really does catch up to you. It gets really interesting about that. But got to keep pushing forward. Friday we're recording, so we'll see what's up with that. Yeah, already, 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 I already got permission from my higher power to go attend that. So. Nice. Yeah, I had to ask for permission. Permission. Fingers again. crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, the the schedule still uh, it's it still doesn't change. Yeah, I talked to Pooner about all that jazz, like what the plan is. Because you guys are gonna do the recording earlier. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard of the book The Alchemist? Yeah, I've heard of it. Have you read it? No. I don't read books, dude. Oh, you don't read books? No, I can't read books. Well, I can, I let, let me say I can read. Like let's let's put this to let's put it out there. I can read, you know, literally. But I just can't find myself to like actually read books cuz I, I fall asleep. Oh, you know what would be good for you? Audiobooks. I haven't tried audiobooks. That's how I devour the most content cuz I don't have time to sit down and read a book. Mm-hmm. So I utilize the commute to um, get through a lot of books. I mean, I, I learned a lot of cool stuff. Like, I just finished up Guitar Zero again. I read that one, or I read it slash heard it, because I read it before, but then I read I heard it again to reinforce. Guitar Zero is good, because I was kind of, like, trying to process, like, okay, how do I teach this person how to play guitar? And Guitar Zero mm-hmm. broke it down to the menu. It was like, oh, okay, cool, and it reminded me how to do things, because a lot of things we learn in life, we forget. 
and we have to revisit them to kind of be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's how we do that. Okay. You know what I mean? That's the same experience I had, like, when I used to teach guitar. I think we were going to talk about this, like, as a as a separate episode, but we might as well just do it now. Yeah, let's talk about teaching. Uh, um, everyone has their different ways of, like, teaching pulse and rhythm. I was taught to teach the kids, you know, like, a quarter note was taught as a plum, as a single syllable. Like, plum, 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 plum. But then now you you could teach it as you know one 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 two three four, or when mm-hmm. you when you have a half note one two three four one two one two like but I, I'm used to like the I I I remember I told you everything's to me as a drum, yeah. So I'm thinking you know you know ta 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 t t t t t t t t ta. You know I'm always thinking like that. Even on the guitar when I'm doing like triplets and stuff. And then, you know, to teach the kids, you know, you go strawberry, strawberry, strawberry for like triplet notes. Mm-hmm. So Guitar Zero was cool because it kind of gave me a perspective of like a different perspective of how people process information. He takes a psychological a- aspect of it. He's like, oh, well, psychologically, because I guess the, the guy that wrote the book, he doesn't have good rhythm at all. I guess he was just one of the, you know, those one of those people like where you can be colorblind. There's something for lacking rhythm. Mm-hmm. So he kind of taught himself to kind of learn. I'm a big believer that practice makes practice trumps talent any day of the week. Talent is overrated. I think those that put in the time, this is where it pivots into the alchemist because the alchemist, it's a book of a boy trying to learn his life's, you know, his hero's journey. But people keep telling him it's your personal legend is in the experience. It's not in the, the books. You can read all the books on, on freaking alchemy you want but until you experience it firsthand you have nothing to reference because everyone has their own personal legend so it kind of puts everything all together everything everything goes hand in hand there's no there there is right ways wrong ways but the best thing to do is put time into it yeah i i agree i agree with that aspect because when i started playing guitar i sucked you know but it's something that i really wanted to to get down and learn and you know and be good at it. So, so I put a lot of time and effort into it. I just didn't pick up a guitar and was like, oh, look at me, I'm good. You know, I have all this talent. I think I accumulated some talent by listening and practicing as as hard as I can. And listening, I think, is the most important. The most important. The, the absolute mecca of music. Listening. I agree. I definitely agree. So for agree. every one minute you're on the guitar, you should at least be listening to two minutes of music. For every one hour of practice, you should be listening to, you know, triple. Two hours of music. Yeah, absolutely. I really am a firm believer because if you have no reference, then what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to have an internal song if you have no melody to reference in life. I mean, you got to reference something. The birds chirping, people talking. I mean, there has to be some point of reference. There has to be. And music is the first initial language as humans that we tend to forget as we get older because we start using these syllables and these tones and these words that mean nothing the you know when we first reference anything people make the sound of a dog like woof woof like boom boom that's a song right there you know what i mean yeah that's that's uh that's also pitch too it's pitch and everything i mean music is the initial language we speak but we tend to forget as we get older because we all become richards (laughs) yeah We all become freaking Richards, man. No, I, I'm I'm a big believer, and I think music is more important in society, you know, nowadays than anything. And I think it's becoming forgotten. Like, dude, music is the bee's knees of everything. Music is the is the universal language. 
that we all speak. Yeah, which is because you know back in the day, I think I think people kind of voiced more of their opinions through music. You know, with like the '60s with the civil rights movement, they had the the protest songs, and like uh, you know, and then just so on and so forth with different decades, like what was in the news or or something they voiced through music or they kind of people listen to a certain genre of music in protest of something that they were against you know what i mean like and like uh like in the 90s or is it the late 80s i think it's the 90s like with public enemy the song fuck the power Mm -hmm. because they have no way to express it and they're just kind of taking like yeah their power you know because they had their own perspective at that time Mm mm-hmm what was the name of the song? Uh, the um, Public Enemy song? Yeah. Fuck the Power. Fight the Power. Oh, Fight the Power. You just took it one step forward, dude. You're like, you took it from Fight the Power to Fuck the Power. You just, I was took, thinking it, you of, just took it one one step higher. I was, I was thinking of uh, Fuck the Police, too, from N.W.A. That was definitely a movement. Flavor Flav. He was in that. I only know Flavor Flav from... Uh, I, at first, I knew Flavor Flav from uh, his MTV show, uh, Flavor of Love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those shows were so stupid back in the day. But and, they're entertaining for some reason. And then, keep in mind... Um, Fight the Power, I mean, the influence samples was uh, of a song from James Brown. They sampled James Brown. So even they they even took samples. You see, everything was kind of a reference point. They got motivated by this, but they used this as an influence. Um, Prado does really good choice selection on the samples he uses. Mm -hmm. I I like that. I I think it gives it a good vibe of like what he's trying to portray or say, because, you know, it's 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 a way of talking about it. You were going to talk about another song. You were going to talk about another song. What was the other song you were about to reference? Fuck the Police. That was another one. But there was something else. There was another song we were going to kind of dissect. Regardless. So music being the first language and then, you know, everything in life is a rhythm. I mean, you know, what we call the 16th notes, tika, tika, you know, what we call an eighth note to a 16th, you know, ti, tika. All that stuff is all... It's all the rhythm of life and how we talk. And everything can create music from the basic stuff. So I think it's kind of interesting how, like, even us talking, we're talking in a cadence. Yeah. Most definitely a cadence. But yeah, that's a good album, dude. Fight the Power, Public Enemy. I haven't listened to it in, like, 20 years, dude. I probably will... I probably will pop it in the CD player. <laughs> Pop it in the CD player, the, your portable CD player. Pop it in the CD player. No, I'm going to get those little cassette tapes that you plug into a cassette deck. Then you connect that into your CD player that like hops around in the car. That always skips. That's hella cool. And then on local okay. news, um, Megadeth fired their bassist today. He oh, did, did they? He did something. He did something he wasn't supposed to do. So they fired his ass. He's been fired before, but this time... He's like done because they're not gonna. I mean, Megadeth is only gonna tour one last tour. Like they're they're kind of done. Yeah, it kind of seems like they're 
their time kind of ran out. Yeah, they had some good musics. Um, they they had really good music, like the uh, two. But all the music I like from Megadeth was when they had Marty Friedman. Yeah, so your your interest in Megadeth uh, ran out before they even ran out. Yeah, I, I was really big fan of Marty in that band, and it's funny how um, Marty does things very. I mean, not that I I probably didn't adopt this from him, but um, what I did adopt is I listened to a lot of Japanese pop music, mm-hmm. and he does the he does the same, and he kind of mimics it. Like I, I wrote a song back in the day. Aaron has a recording of this. But I straight up referenced that from one of the uh, an anime song, and you wouldn't even be able to tell. <laughs> You'd be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so a lot of times, I mean, you can get some influence from other stuff. I mean, I steal all the time. You steal all the time. You steal from Walmart all the time. You, uh, steal you from- can steal <laughs> up to nine hundred and thirty bucks without getting yourself in jail, cited and released. You can even do that three times. See, that's what kind of society is, we have. That is true. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Music speaks, but, you know, being a thief music, speaks more, apparently. Music speaks the truth. Music speaks. Gibson needs to fix their fucking design, man. They can't their even stay in tune. They're freaking Gibson Les Paul. That shit can't stay in tune, dude, for the life of them. The G and the D. It's always the... it. I, I find that the G string on any guitar, or almost any guitar, has uh, trouble staying in tune. It, it does, but I feel like the Les Paul, like, uh, how would they fix that iconic headstock? Because they want it to look like that. That's like a cosmetic thing. They want it to mm-hmm. look like that V, even though they can kind of fix the headstock to make it straight like a Pari Smith or like a Ibanez or whatever. But they're they're sticking to their guns. I'm surprised there hasn't been something to fix, eradicate that curve, that bend at the nut. Hmm. I mean, there is ways of doing it. I, I was thinking about it all morning. <laughs> like, I was even drawing little designs. Like, there's ways to do that. But the thing is, they don't want to mess with the cosmetic. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do, especially if it's a such an iconic thing with Gibson. That's very hard to do. What if you do rear load? You just have those strings as props, but then you load them like bullets, like, uh, like the Floyd Rose system, and you seal it at the nut, and then you just wrap to the bottom of the, the uh, other thing. Oh, but then you need fine tuners in the in the thing and to create too much weight. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. I don't know what to do, but I do know is that Gibson probably hates me. As they, they should. They probably don't. They probably don't even know who you are. Yeah, they do. They know me. They probably like, who's this? Me. Like who's this clown? I wish, like I, dude, I wish I was a clown, <laughs> dude. Clowns make money, bro. They do, especially yeah, rodeo yeah. clowns. Hell yeah, dude. Rodeo clowns are the bee's knees, dude. And then they get to listen to all that cool music. <laughs> Can you imagine that being a clown? <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen a pissed off clown? I mean, yeah, you, of course you have. I mean, yeah, you have. It. Anyways. Dude, it, it was hella fucking pit, like, pissed off. Can you imagine that, dude? He walks into McDonald's and, Ugh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what do you want? You know, you know it eats McNuggets, bro. You know he's a nugget guy. You can fucking tell, dude. That that man does not eat Big Macs. He he goes straight for the nuggets. Really? What's his tell? He has to eat nuggets, bro. Why is he a nugget man? Explain Look at to me his why. Teeth, dude, they're all fucking like sharp triangles, dude. That's not well. Actually, that mouth would be good for fish fillet too. Yeah, that's true. So he's either a fish fillet guy or a nugget guy. It has to be one of those. Hmm. 
Now, do you think he's a fry guy too? Does he order no. nuggets mm, and or No, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think he's all all about that protein, dude. Cuz he eats fucking children, dude. Hmm. By eating children cuz he's a fucking monster or some shit. He's just a protein guy. Does he go do you think does he go McFlurry? No, fuck no, dude. He does <laughs> so not. He just, he's all protein, he, dude. He just goes straight nuggets and that's it. Yeah. He's got to have something else. No, he goes nuggets and fish fillet, dude. He gets that two for one special. That was a three or two for three special. I don't even know if the filet fish is on the, the two for three thing. No, it's not. Dude, so I was wondering why guitars still use the old cable. And I remember back in 2003-ish that Gibson was going to start using Ethernet cable, the Cat5. To connect mm-hmm. your guitar in. It makes sense. And I remember they were going to start doing that. And I remember they came out with a guitar with an Ethernet cable port. That could plug in directly into a computer or directly into an app. And I don't know what came of that. <laughs> I never knew what came of that. Let's find out. It's got to be... Because um, it'd, be be... it'd, it'd be a better connection than your standard... Um, Copper cable? An Ethernet cable would be the bee's knees for that, dude. It's got to be the aesthetics of the guitar. Like, can, I, you imagine, I, can you imagine RJ45 uh, thing in your guitar? Uh, I think it, it just looks better uh, with the regular uh, guitar input. It's, a, it's such a part of the guitar. Like, like if you were to look at a Strat, the input, the, um, the chrome part, on the lower bout of the the strat, it's just so a part of the guitar. I think now they're just keeping it for that specific reason. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so they did. Gibson did come out with it, and it came out in 2003. It was called the HD6X Pro Digital Les Paul's onboard preamp system, and it was a clean signal, direct port, but it just didn't pick up because you're right. The cable is such an aesthetically pleasing component of the guitar. Though it's not perfect by no sense of the imagination, it's what we it's have. It's not perfect. It's it's what was available to them when they were making guitars in the 40s and 50s. And then Gibson tried to finally say, "Hey, let's go advance," and everyone's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> Man. Well, they did that. They did that same shit with the the robot tuners, and look how much of a fail that was. Even though it wasn't technically on a on a technological standpoint, it was a great idea. It was, but it looks ugly as fuck on a guitar. On the, it was on the back of the guitar. Still, on the back of the looked, headstock. Still, it looked ugly as fuck. I think you got to take chances like that. I think Gibson's the only one really taking chances. They took a chance, but it failed. At least they're taking chances, man. If you know, it's about it's about being in the arena, being in the fight, not not being on the freaking stands. They're in the arena yeah. taking punches, bro. I guess, but I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're repu- no, 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 no. Listen, yeah. if your reputation is as bad as Gibson, you can't take chances like that. If you have a if you have a good reputation, like um, Fender or PRS, you can you ha- you have that um, that kind of leeway to take those chances. Where if it's a fail, you're like, eh. Did you just say leeway, like Leo Fender? No, I no, said leeway. No. Yeah, leeway, like the leeway, like the GNL guitars. I guess. I mean, if you wanted, if you wanted to be a a pun, funny guy, but it wasn't really not, meant for that. I'm not trying to be funny, bro. I'm being very serious right now. 
No, you're right. I mean, Fender is so iconic. They're they're trying to keep the nostalgia, you know. Yeah, but you you get what I'm saying, right? No, I companies, absolutely. Yeah. Companies that have a better reputation can take those falls better than a company with a bad reputation. So who are the big guitar companies right now? Let's see. We've had this discussion, I don't know how many times. We've had, Fender, but everything Gibson. changes. Everything changes all the time. I think it's still Fender, Gibson, and PRS. What about Jackson? Jackson, they're made, they're owned by Fender, aren't they? Um, they're licensed now. Let's see. There's nothing. There's nothing recent. There's nothing recent on the. Richest. I wouldn't think that. I wouldn't think that they updated that that frequently. Hmm. They don't. They don't. But there is a ten richest guitar players in the world. Uh, let me guess. Eric Clapton is is on one of them. I'm sure he is. Oh yeah, he's number six. Dave Matthews is number five. Ooh. Dave Matthews? What? <laughs> beat Clapton, dude. Fucking Dave Matthews? Oh, this is going to piss you off. You ready? You ready for this? Let's see if this what? grinds your gears, bro. So number 10, Jimmy Pahina. $170 million. Yeah. Um, that Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because his instruments were never in tune. Get what you deserve. <laughs> Get what you deserve. Number nine, Dr. Brian May. Okay, he's 210 mil. Not bad, not bad. Being one of the most popular bands in the world. Number oh, guess what number eight would be? Hmm. It's a. He's not even an original guitar player. He's a drummer for Nirvana. Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohl is number eight guitar player. And he once had the number one spot. Player. Yeah, crazy. Number seven is your favorite, Mister Clapton, the Beast. What's his net worth? Does it show their net worth on there? Yeah, uh, it's estimated at thirty mil, three hundred million. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty close. I I would think. That yeah, it's hella close. That's interesting. Number six, your enemy, Dave Matthews. <laughs> I didn't say he was my enemy. It just surprised the <laughs> hell out of me. I know. Like he hasn't done anything relevant in like what fifteen years, and he's the number six uh, highest paid guitar player. Like what the fuck? Like <laughs> who listens to Dave Matthews? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't a of, like... A lot of white people, I think. Hello, Let's listen like, to some f- Dave Matthews. Hey, when, we, make, when we hang out on that, Friday, dude, let's listen to some Dave Matthews. That makes... Band. Like, if you think about it, that makes over $300 million. Like, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> Talking like a, a folk singing robot <laughs> makes you $300 million. So he... Dave is best known as the lead guitarist, vocalist, and songwriter for the Dave Matthews Band, though his solo records and performances have contributed to his wealth, including Grammys and Platinum Statutes. His collaborations with megastars like the Blue Man Group, Bela Fleck, and Victor Wooten to add to his royalties. Trivia fact. First concert Dave ever went to was Pete Seeger in 1986. Guess who number five is? Who? A man that can actually live long enough to waste all his wealth. Keith Richards? Yep, Keith Richards at number five, 330 net worth. The man that will never die. He will outlive us all. He will. Yeah. Number four is uh, a pedal enthusiast who is a Gibson promo. He's This guy's fascinating. I'm not a fan of their music, but I am a fan of like 
how not he's not bouge. It's just I think it's kind of interesting how this guy's approach to guitar is and approach to his gear is. He's very like the details. It's not about I don't know. You got to watch the, the you know how they have those YouTube channels where they describe the gear and stuff like Premier Guitar. The rig rundown. The rig rundown of the Edge. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because the I think U two is probably the one of the highest grossing bands in world in history. I've only, I only liked like three of their songs. They were huge in the eighties. With Josh like, Retreat? they were kind of uh, what's what's that genre that they that they named them? Was there were they like arena rock? Is that what they were? I, I would agree with arena rock. It was one of those like kind of weird genres, but they got super huge in the eighties. They have really good songs. They, they, I've, I've heard three of them. I, I like his guitar playing. I like how it's simple, but it, it fills the band. I really like his guitar playing. I like his, you, his use of effects. I really do. If it, if anybody wants to know what a delay pedal sounds like, listen to the edge. Oh, but he does, he mastered that dude. He mastered his effects, dude. I love That's, how he does that. That is such a part of his sound. Like, like the edge without a delay pedal is like Kirk Hammett went out of the wall. Yeah, <laughs> to keep it in the guitar family. Yeah. Yep. Without uh, it's like Tom Morello without his whammy pedal. Yeah. Okay. So who was who's number three? Um, your favorite, Toby Keith. Toby Keith. <laughs> what? <laughs> I actually spit on that laugh. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Toby Keith. Toby motherfucking Keith. TK. TK at a net worth of $365 million. He's been in the music industry since 1993. 19 studio albums and two Christmas records. <laughs> he is known as the man. And he has, he, has a, he, has a, he has a feud with the Dixie Chick. So that's, that's what makes him even more funny. That just blows my mind. That reminds me of the. They did like a um, a sketch on, or like not a skip a sketch, but like a bit on uh, Family Guy about Toby Keith. Oh, like um, dude. <laughs> Peter, he he put a goat in the backyard to trap uh, Toby Keith, <laughs> and then and he's like he's having a side conversation with his wife Lois. He's like, why? He's like, why is there a goat in the backyard? He's like, because Lois, I want to catch Toby Keith. And she's <laughs> like, why do you want to catch catch Toby Keith? He's like, because. He always wants to hunt. And then they turn their head for a second, and then you just... The, the goat's gone, right? Yeah. And then all you all you see is a white hat that goes goes down, up and down into the bushes. And he's like, see? Nice. They were right on that one. Well, a little Fucking fun fact. Toby Keith. Another fun fact. He makes a huge $53 million per year, topping your favorite artists like Jay-Z and Beyonce. He's got to have like a bunch of side businesses and side projects that he does. Um, yeah, he does. He does side projects. So does this list even really matter if it's not just solely on their music career? It's just guitarists. Yeah, I, I call bullshit on this whole list, but I still want to know. Oh, yeah, I call bullshit too because two. number two is going to piss you off if you call bullshit. I think South Park called it on this one. Um, number two, excess worth of four hundred ten million, 
And there's a change. There's actually another 100 plus million. Our first member on this list is also one of the richest rock stars ever. Guess who he is? He's known as the Island Escapism. Is this the number cor- two or number one? Number two, the Coral Reefer, the country singer, the beach bum of today. Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Dude, Jimmy Buffett is like dad rock or dad dad music, dad country or whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, that's that's the the only people that he's uh, making music for is dads. Fucking parrot heads. (laughs) That's what he calls his fans, huh? Yeah. (laughs) You fucking. You know what? I'm gonna start calling people that. Hey, what's up, you fucking parrot? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Fuck you. No, fuck you, parrot. Dude, I'm going to call fucking Pooter a parrot head, dude. You should. <laughs> oh, man. Get the fuck out of you, parrot heads. Hello, parrot heads. <laughs> oh, dude. And number one, I mean, this one. Oh, dude. He blows everyone out of the water. I mean, the jump is from $410 million now. This man, $1.2 billion. This, you can guess this one. He's not even. $1.2 Yup. We all know who this man is. His song is the most covered song ever in history with a whopping 2,200 artists covering his song. Willie Nelson. Nope. Goodness World Book features this young this man twice, once as the most successful songwriter ever and another honored composer and performance in music. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I say the last thing, you're going to know who it is. He's been knighted and holds 25,000 copyrights. Knighted and 25,000 copies. Paul McCartney. Paul motherfucking McCartney. Not a parrot head, but a beetle. Okay, so number one is completely validated because we all know the long historic career of Sir Paul McCartney. That makes a lot of sense, especially how many years he's toured, how many albums he sold, the fucking Beatles. I mean, that makes the most sense. The other ones... Do not make sense. I mean, Eric Clapton, yes, makes sense. Brian May, but fucking Toby Keith and fucking <laughs> I get Jimmy. I get Jimmy Buffett. I get Jimmy Buffett, but fucking Toby Keith and who are the other ones? <laughs> fucking Parrotheads. Who are the other ones? Oh, there's, oh there was. There's, uh, hold on. Um, there was Toby Keith, The Edge, yeah. um, Keith Richards, um, Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews, fucking Dave Mat, Dave Matthews, and. Toby Keith do not make sense. Nope. They don't they don't make musically musical sense. They don't make freaking uh mental sense. They don't make physi- physiological sense. And then this next one, these these are the people that got dropped out of the top 10. This man recently sold his guitar. He he lost some wealth, but he's getting it back. Um his name what is David Gilmore. David Gilmore. He dropped out of the list. Uh, David was once so broke that he was hospitalized for malnutrition. Yep, that's what happened back oh. then. And then this is your favorite guy. This guy dropped in net worth. He's only worth $140 million right now. He is the best type of cut meat. Angus. Angus Young? Angus Young. Dude, that man is so fucking iconic, dude. If it wasn't, I swear... If let's say you remove the music from ACDC from Iron Man, mm-hmm. that would not have the same impact. There's no artist that can replace those songs so perfectly added to that movie. 
yeah, and they pretty they probably had a nice payday for uh, having their music allowed in that movie. Oh, they, yeah, for good reason. Make that money. And then Mark Knopfler at 95. He's from the Dire Straits. We talked about him last week. Yeah, that's surprising. I honestly wouldn't really put him as the... I thought Tom Petty would be on there because, I mean, all the all the people in Pooner's mom's generation is all about Tom Petty. It's like the He's like the early 70s, right? Yeah. Hmm. Every time I hear Tom Petty, I'm like, oh, Pooner's mom. Just as a Tom Petty. I mean, Tom... I mean, Tom Petty, he did play at the Super Bowl, so he's got to be, you know, he's very, very popular if you got to play, if you're playing at the Super Bowl. So they're the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. Well, yeah, they're very popular too. And then Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend with the Who? Yep. Okay. And then Ronnie Wood. Another Rolling Stones. Two, both Super Bowl performers. You're next, dude. You're next. the snood laugh because you know it's true man who comes up with these this but all i gotta say is i did learn something today i don't think honestly i don't think most of those net worths are accurate yeah let's look it up let's use our parrot head friend jimmy buffett let's put it to the googles jimmy buffett John Mayer's not on there because he spends most of his money on watches yeah but he should i mean that guy that guy has taste bro Hell yeah. Like, now that I listen to his story and his interviews, like, oh, my God, his shoes make sense. You know what I mean? Everything he has makes sense. That's what Mm -hmm. I like about that dude. He has a story behind every little thing. His fucking guitar pick, there's a story. (laughs) Oh, shit. He's worth $600 now. Who? Jimmy Buffett. Oh, wow. $600 That's a lot of dads, dude. Dude. I'm telling you. And you know... And you know all his all of his uh, albums are always sold through Walmart. There you go. He knows the market, and we're gonna be the next Walmart Santana, Walmart Clapton. Think about it. We're gonna be the next Buffett. Fingers crossed. Oh hell yeah, do we do this cheesy ass music? And people are like, oh my god, these guys are like them, but they're not. But I can buy them at Walmart. <laughs> dude, we're gonna make money, dude. Money, money, money. After that, it's not even going to be Music Speaks. It's going to be Money Speaks. With it's going to be Money. It, to, to go back to the, the ACDC rant, it's going to be Money Talks. Ooh. Oh. Done with sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm not even going to be Gonzo Rock anymore. I'm going to be called Gonzo to the Moon because that's where my money's going to be, going to the moon. You're not even going to be M48, dude. You're going to be M4.8 billion. <laughs> <laughs> M4.8. 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 M4.8B. M4.8B. Hell yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Money Speaks. You know what? We don't even have to talk to you guys. We're rich already. Peace. Leave it short and well, sweet. We're just friends. We don't, we, don't need to, we don't need to be talking to you broke ass fools. <laughs> oh, man. But seriously, we are we are poor, so donate some money to the music. <laughs> We're gonna start a GoFundMe page. Oh man, how's the Soldano coming along? You 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 saving up for that? You putting some racks away? It's gonna cost about you know, three racks, dude. Three racks and a couple two hundred dollars. You know, I'm not even like even um, saving or even you know shooting for that. Like now, now, like in the recent future, I'm doing that like for the distant future. 
like you know how like you know how like you are with guitars yes you know how you're like yeah i don't care if i get it in three years you know i'll i'll, I'll put money away towards it but, and i'm like i need to have it now yes i'm like that i'm gonna be like that with the soldano i'm gonna be really patient with it next thing i got on the on my purchase list is well that custom sir but pff, who cares about that let future gonzalo worry about that shit the Pete Thorne? No, I already got that. Oh, the Sandy Moss. The Sandy Moss, yeah. That one's going to be sick because it's uh, custom. One of a kind. Uh-huh. That's going to be sick. I, that that can be legit the Gonzo Rocket sick because there's no no one no one else has it. It's no one has my, that nope. same like configuration? Nope. It's my config. Mine. I told, I told Pooner about that guitar. What do you think? He's probably like, eh. Man, he's like, he's like, oh, that's cool. Is that a Fender? He would say something like that. <laughs> Fucking is that ungrateful. That a Wal- ungrateful. Is that a, Wal- of- <laughs> is that a Walmart Fender? Oh, dude, yeah. Because when you look at a Sir, you're like, what the? It looks like an off-brand. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like Sadowski. You look at a Sadowski, you're like, okay, that's like a cheap knockoff Fender, but it's not. It's actually a really high-end, you know, guitar bass. So it's so it's so high-end that it looks cheap. <laughs> exactly exactly it's because that's how boutique does it man i remember when paul reed smith was considered boutique dude shit when i had a paul reed smith in 2006 i remember people were like what the fuck is that like it looks like a cheap fan it looks like a knockoff gibson <laughs> and now it's like oh yeah that's a paul reed smith but back then people didn't know what the fuck a paul reed smith was you know paul reed smith appeared in a uh, back to the future too yeah I did not know that yeah, when dude. he when I was watching the Q and A thing, he's uh, one of his guitars was like was in uh, Back to the Future too, or was it him? It was uh, it was um, Marty had it in the in the future self. Yeah, and then he made a comment uh, saying that um, since Marty's future self was playing a PRS that. PRSs now are now considered like the old man's guitar or like the the like what's what's that word the blues lawyer guitars yep. Yep. or somebody yep <laughs> so well, just Gip- because Gibson used to be that though now it's Parry Smith yeah do you know where I saw a Parry Smith in an early '89 movie or not '89 but the where I saw the guitar that I was like oh I want one of those where I heard about it was uh, the movie Airheads. I heard about that. I've never seen that movie. It's a it's an early, early movie. But that's where I heard him say, "Oh yeah, I want a Paul Reed Smith, uh, custom twenty four with Dragon pickups." <laughs> yeah, that's where I heard that. I'm like Dragon, and that's where I was like, "Ooh, I need one of those." And um, that's where I got that from. Now I have one. I was like, okay, with the rotary switch. I'm like, oh, nice. Now I know. Now I know where I got that from. Let's see. Let me see if I can find the reference. Airheads. So in the first Back to the Future, Marty was playing a Gibson 339. No, not 339. Uh, 335. Three, 345. Oh, it was a 345? Mm-hmm. Oh, because it had the Bigsby? Yeah. And it had the, the, the different block inlays? Mm-hmm. So he was playing a 345, and the guitar he was playing in Back to the Future 2 was a custom 24. 
Yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty nice graduation from a three forty five to a custom twenty four. <laughs> that's a that's a big one, dude. They don't mention that reference in the Wikipedia, which is kind well, of weird. Wiki- it's Wikipedia. Can you trust Wikipedia? You can actually edit that in right now if you I, wanted to. I should because they do make a, a very serious reference. Because one of the guy's contingencies was, I want a Paul Reed Smith guitar. Let's see. I'll put... Yeah, now I'm pissed off, dude. Because in our stories, it has to be there. Oh, whoa, they actually sell that PRS. The blue one? I think so. Hold on. Someone mentioned it. Oh, let me see if I can find it. Dude, old PRSs, old PRSs used to look so ugly. <laughs> the old ones? Yeah. Like, what was ugly about them? The tuners, the uh, the PRS uh, signature, the freaking uh, wing tuners. Oh, those are, no, I hate those, dude. I have to upgrade mine. I do not like those. I want the Phase 3s. Yeah, because I have the wing, dude. I had to like bust out the engineering degree to even figure out how to fucking change the strings, man. Because it goes off pressure, dude. It goes off the little tight knit part. Mm-hmm. I'll take it so you can see it, man. It's not cool. Those but I mean, it, like it, a- it was advanced for its time because you can literally load them up quick. But it's scary, dude, because you're like, wait, what? I'm popping this in there? Like, uh, yeah. Those things look like a freaking nightmare. They They're scary, dude. I was not a fan. I mean, I even it even has that rotary switch, the five way rotary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they don't make the five way no. rotary anymore in guitars. No, they're not going to either. The yeah. Paul actually talked about that on the latest interview. Because mm-hmm. someone wanted him to bring it back, he says, "No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that." But good good thing good uh, props to him for not bringing something back that didn't work. No. No, the only one that liked the rotary switch that I think she's going to keep on her SIG was uh, Orianti. Oh, she has a um or a rotary switch on there? I I think yeah. I think but I think that's just her spit. She liked the rotary cuz it worked for her what she was doing. Hmm. I Interesting. don't I don't like the rotary cuz I don't know where I'm at. Like you're playing it, you're like uh but I I suppose if you start to know how you feel it you can figure out like, oh yeah, this is what it is, but it's not as quick as a switchblade. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what's kind of hard to uh, figure out is the new uh, Fiore. The wiring on it is really weird. Is it kind of like the Pete Thorne? What's the Pete Thorne's wiring? Where you put it on the one and it's actually the out of face. It's mm. the it's the two middle, and if you put it on the two. It's the humbucker on the neck. If you put it on the three, it's the. Let me see. I can, I can send it to you real quick. Why? What's up with the Fiori? It's much more complicated than the Pete Thorne. I think the Fiore is like you can have either all three on. You can have the neck and the humbucker. You can have the humbucker and the middle. You can have just the middle. You can have the middle and the neck. And, uh, but it's, it's all, it's all about the, uh, what's it called? The push pull knob. So like if you're, if the push pull knob is out, 
then you only have the neck pickup working. If you have, or so, or the other way around, if you have it in, you have the neck pickup and the um, the treble humbucker, the bridge humbucker on. Okay. Do you have any push pull guitars? Uh, just the five nine four. That's a push pull. Yeah, you can uh, coil split the humbuckers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which is pretty standard with uh, PRS guitars. They always have that coil, coil tap. Or coil split. I don't know what it's called. Coil tap, coil the, split. The Dragon doesn't, but the McCarty does. The yeah, Santana so, doesn't. Yes, yeah, so that's probably something that he requested. You know the Santana I own is the most hated Santana release ever? That makes sense because you bought it. No, no. do you know why it, it's the most hated guitar ever? Why? Because it has two batteries. Oh, so it's their active pickups? It has an active um, preamp controller because Santana wanted a guitar that he can use for the multi-dimensional tour because he used to use a Strat during the 80s for certain songs, but mm-hmm. he didn't want to use a Strat. He wanted to use one guitar for the entire show. So it's called Master Something Voicing, MCV. I forgot what the C stand for. Oh, Master Control Voicing. So what it does is you toggle a switch and it turns your guitar into like a a Stratocaster. But it captures that Strat tone with that guitar, with those pups. But it requires um, 18 volts to run this MCV. Oh. Get, because it, it tra- it's, it's a preamp that has three generations of Santana's tones. It has his SG tone, his Fender tone, and his Paul Reed Smith tone. And... People weren't saying, oh, man, thank you for all this tone. They're like, I have to put two batteries in there. Like, people were so upset about that. Like, putting batteries in the thing, I guess because of, I don't know. I I just read on the internet. It's like the most hated Paul Reed Smith's antenna ever made because of the batteries. Well, the Clapton Strat has a a battery in it. Oh, the lace sensors? um, All of the Clapton Strats have the 9-volt battery in there for the... um, the mid thing, the oh, the, the mid boost. boost, yeah. Hmm. So I don't know why the Santana is getting so much hate. Oh, that one is hated. Like everyone says, stay away from that year. It was like, it was released in two thousand eight, and I'm over here happy. Like Ooh, I got the last of this, and it's the most shit on guitar ever made. <laughs> exactly, it's it's the most shit on guitar ever made because you have it. I know. <laughs> Oh, and then on the PRS website, the Pete Thorne, it says it has the Goto 510. That's Wait, actually... the, PR, the PRS website, it uh, says sorry, the Pete Thorne? I'm sorry, the SIR website, because I'm looking over the specs for how they do their their thing. The website's actually incorrect. The new Pete Thorns of 2021 have the Wilkinson Bridge. This one says it has the Goto. Well, there you go. You could sue SIR now. No, they gave me a better <laughs> a better bridge for the same price. They hooked it up. Oh, yeah, see, it even says on the Wilkinson WS Locking Saddle Bridge. On the website hardware, it says it, but on the picture, it shows the Goto. Yeah, I got to take that guitar to you, man. You got to trip out on it. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to playing that guitar. Well-made instrument. Um, Probably my favorite of my collection for my Strat style. Like, if you're going to play a really, really good Stratocaster... That has a lot of the PRS, not the PRS, the the Gibson, 
like the best parts of Gibson, but in a Strat style body, you get the Pete Thorne. Interesting. Yeah, but is it what I repl- what I say? This would be my one guitar. If I were to let's say play a whole gig, and I had to mm-hmm. only choose one guitar, the Pete Thorne is the most versatile one I have because it can do it all. Closer to any of the, but the thing is, the pickups are hot as fuck. Hot as fuck. And if you're and if you're the person to say that the pickups are hot as fuck, then they are hot, hot as fuck. They are hot. Like even I was like, whoa, when I plugged it in. Mm-hmm. I don't say whoa. I'm like whoa, <laughs> a little too much. You know, turn on the heat there, buddy. <laughs> it was, it was. It's you'll know. Trust me, you're gonna plug it into your freaking two rack. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, like this is too much. Like it's too much. But keep in mind, Pete Thorne does a lot of direct DI recordings. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. It makes sense. He When he does his studio work, it's all DI, and then he does a lot of reamping. So, so, would, you say, so would you say he's a DI guy? He's a DI. <laughs> he's a <laughs> DI guy. It makes sense for his application. This guitar makes sense for what he does because he's more of a, you know, do everything in post, give you a good guitar clean zone, and then post edit and then add it to multiple amps. Mm -hmm. So this guitar makes sense for that. If you're going to go straight from guitar to interface, this is the guitar for that. It's perfect. But if you're going to go from this guitar to a a dumble or something with with a lot of headroom, this get it. It's really loud. Like just the pups alone on low volumes, really loud. So you have to keep your guitar volume on like two, one I, or two. I was keeping it at six, and it was still like, whoa, like slow wow. the fuck down, dude. That's, that's interesting. That's the only thing I would say. Yeah, the pickups are too hot for my liking. I'm not a fan of super hot pickups. I'm not a fan of that. I like uh, a Nico style two mm-hmm. range. I like low low output pickups. I like more of the drive from the amp. Interesting, interesting yeah that's that's a me thing but yeah this guitar if you want it's the opposite it's like yeah, we're gonna hit you fucking hard and then go from there you'll trip on it and then we'll talk about it i think it's i mean really well made though probably the best guitar i've ever like whoa i've never played something out of the well i've never bought a brand new prs but for being a brand new sir right out of the box it's probably the best thing i've ever played in my life it's amazing amazing yeah, I really want to um, like co- not co- well not compare it, but just play it side by side with the five nine four. They're all yeah different instruments, different application. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we're we're trying to seek out really well made instruments, and Sir knocked it out of the park. You know what I mean? They yeah. did a really good job. The chambered body, you're I think you're gonna appreciate the weight. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, we should compare the weight to the Silver Sky. No, this thing's way lighter. I mean, compared to the other sir I have, this thing makes that sir feel like a fucking like I'm lifting too much. That sir is heavy. It, it's it's kind of ridiculous heavy, but it's early sir. I mean, we're talking two thousand. It's a two thousand sir. Like this is old school. This is before people cared about their their backs. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is back in those days. This, this you, know who a, you know who doesn't care about uh, people's backs? Gibson. Oh, well, no, they chamber their, their Les Pauls now. Now they do, yeah. yeah but this, still, they're still pretty heavy. 
even chambered yeah they're still like like 10 pounds like what the no they're like seven seven eight i think seven eight's like the prime where everyone everyone tries to get it at yeah i think ibanez don't give a fuck ibanez does not give a fuck remember um after my surgery i couldn't use my ibanez anymore because <laughs> I, I couldn't hold it my back would literally hurt like oh shit i can't my core if your core muscles are out heavy guitars you can't play See, that's why you need a, like a, a small a small body acoustic guitar, like one that you just have on the couch or on the the chair. Yeah. So you could just be like, uh, let me figure out this. What's that thing? And then just grab a guitar and be like, okay, A G, yeah. Yeah, that that was the first time in my life I realized, oh shit, like your core muscles are so important. <laughs> I couldn't play guitar. I couldn't play an Ibanez. Fuck that. That shit was way too heavy, dude. I think the only guitar I was able to play was the McCarty. That's a you know that's that guitar's pretty light. Yeah, the McCarty was the lightest the one I own, the lightest, lightest. But yep, cool. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Music Speaks, sometimes very loudly. Final thoughts? Do we even have time for final thoughts? Uh, I no, think that, no, I, no, I feel no. like this. I feel like this episode like rambled on. It always does. R.I.P. Paul Mooney. Thank you for making this laugh. Peace.